Well, there I am, and there you are. Hi, everybody. Sorry about that. I was the invisible man for a second there. Great to see you. Thanks for being with us. My name is Ezra Levan. I'm the boss here at Rebel News. And three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I sit in this chair and basically shoot the breeze about the news of the day, things that don't make it into our formal videos, Tuesdays and Thursdays. My colleagues David Menzies and Sheila Gunn-Reed hold the fort, and occasionally others in the office do too. Um, we stream on various platforms right now. We are on YouTube. We are on Rumble. We are on Odyssey. And I'm just having a little trouble getting the Super U page to load right now. Oh, it is up. Okay, that's good to know. Um, so four platforms for your delectation. Um now, I don't think I have the printout of what is on tap for today. Um, normally, I get a little printout. What, what, what do we have? You know what? I want to start with a shout-out to our American friends. It was uh, July 1st the other day, which is Canada's National Day. And Justin Trudeau chose to celebrate that by flying our flag at half-mast. I'm not even kidding. Can you grab headline proving that point. It's our national day, a day to be proud of this country's achievements, a day to celebrate what we have built in Canada, a day to show gratitude, I suppose, to the country, if that's your feeling. And I think for many people, especially those who have chosen to come here from another country. But on that day, uh, Justin Trudeau chose to fly the flag at half Mass. The Prime Minister has been facing mounting pressure, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Um, someone sent me a, uh, a note showing that that was illegal. Flying the flag at half-mast is something done only with the permission of Parliament. Parliament chooses to make the flag half-mast. The Prime Minister can't just do it like he does a tweet. I don't propose to go and improve that to you now, um, but uh, take my word for it, I read the law, someone sent it to me. So that was July 1st. What was so funny is Toronto's ultra-woke mayor um, flew the flag half-mast on Canada Day on Ju July 1, but on July 4, John Tory flew the American flag, which I support. I mean, we love Americans. They're our best friends and allies. But he flew the American flag at... Normally, the Canadian flag, John Tory, flew at half-mast. These people, I think, hate Canada. Um, like, they're really trying to cancel Canada. It's been on for a while. Yeah, so there's um, John Tory. Where he's double-vaxxed, and he's outside, but he's got his mask on. Like, and, and no one, I don't even think there's another soul in sight there. Why are you wearing a mask, you complete fool? So there he is on 4th of July. Today, the flag of the United States of America is raised at City Hall for Independence Day, wishing a great day to everyone celebrating. Okay, thanks for that, you mask-wearing moron. But he flew that flag at half-mast on Canada Day. I like the 4th of July. It's uh, the least governmenty day of the year for Americans. Although, not so much this year. Um, 
Joe Biden banned fireworks at um, Mount Rushmore, which I think is in South Dakota, um, as a petty spite against Kirsty Nome, the Republican governor there, perhaps, just because he can. Just outrageous. I saw some tweet that that there were some um, fireworks banned in Washington, D.C. as well. And um, I don't think that's how Independence Day works. I don't think that's how freedom works in America. Uh, I don't think the government can tell you you can't. Um, there we go. Tonight's freedom fireworks presented by Budweiser have been canceled due to the city's <laughs> noise curfew. We apologize for the inc- attention, fans. We apologize for the inconvenience. The Washington Nationals. I don't think that's how freedom is supposed to work. I just don't think it's how it's supposed to work. And if you are a fireworks-loving American, and, and fireworks themselves are very American, aren't they? I mean, obviously invented in China many centuries ago, but they're a very American thing, I think. And, um, you know, it's even in the anthem, the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Now, obviously, the rockets they're talking about were the rockets in the Revolutionary War. But, um, you know, I went to a wedding in Manchester, New Hampshire once, and, like, the highlight of the wedding, like, there was the wedding and then there was some music, but fireworks. Like, they they love their fireworks. They love it. They just love the fireworks, and there's so many fireworks stores and kits, and it's bloody exciting, and it's slightly dangerous, and it's a real guy thing. I I know gals can get into it, too, but just like guys like to grill on a barbecue as opposed to cooking on a stove, I think guys like fireworks. And I saw this little video on Twitter, it's probably from TikTok. And it just shows that goofy, I don't give a damn spirit of complete freedom that, you know, that just sort of that, in Australia they have that word larrikin, to sort of like a good natured prankster. It's a very Australian thing. There's, there's a lot of that in America too. Take a look at this guy celebrating America the way it ought to be done. Take a look. <laughs> Oh, I think that video stopped halfway. You got to watch it to the end. It's quite something. Let's see if we can boot that up and try it again. Because he was just getting started. He had this whole presentation going on. Let's see if we can get that going, because I want to show people how that goes. We're having some hiccups today. Um, do we have another chance on that video? Because what he does with that beer bottle is quite impressive. First of all, that, that cigarette flip, that's, that, that man's an athlete. He may be a former gymnast. Uh, I think he's practiced that hundreds of times. Let's take, a, let's take one more chance. Let's take a look. Please stand up. Please stand up. Please stand up. Because I'm Slim Shady. Yes, I'm the real Shady. All you brothers, Slim Shady, so just demonstrating. So won't the real Slim Shady please stand up? Please stand up. 
See, I mean, you, you may think I'm ju- I'm putting down a condescending. I'm not that guy. That's that. That's you know, ATF, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, the big three, and the mullet, and just shaking it, and just using his tongue, not even spitting, using his tongue. This guy, you tell me, he wouldn't have the best for. And that the tornado effect. You ever seen that? The cyclone effect. I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah, boy, I. You know, this guy, America's Got Talent, and um, who would you rather be with on a 4th of July? Yeah, and then the way he, with that tongue, that move there, that was so, and then just the the mullet, just like my doggie, and then one, two, three, the cyclone, bam, he, that went down so quick. You tell me he wouldn't be a hell of a guy to party with on 4th of July. See, that's that American spirit. Don't give a damn. And if you don't like it, you know, there's some memes I like America, back-to-back champs, uh, two world wars. Now, they had some help from the Allies, but you got to love that spirit. Only country ever be on the moon. God bless America. Um, Now, I got a lot of things on my list here to cover. Holy cow. Um... I want to show you, I want to go from the most American thing you've ever seen to the least American thing you've ever seen. A judge, I'm not sure which city he's in, in America. It's in Columbus, thank you. So that would be Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. Although there's a a few Columbuses around America. So someone's committed a crime, like an actual crime. They were convicted in a criminal court, and now they're being sentenced. So this is a punishment, right? That's what a sentence is. There's no, this, you know, it's not a rehabilitation. It's like time. And this judge is saying to criminals, I will put you in prison. I will do all these other bad things to you because you're a criminal convict and my job is to punish you. Or I'll let you go if you get double vaxxed. Was that? So is the vaccination a, a punishment? Now, what if his doctor says he can't take the vax? What if he's already had the Rona naturally and has a natural immunity to it? What if he gets sick from the vax? Will that be on the, will that be on the judge for doing that? But more in the point, how can anyone agree to that because they're under duress? It's really tantamount to someone putting a gun to your head and saying, I won't shoot you if you take the vax. Now, it's not that because you would die. But really, if someone says you're going to jail for three months or take the vax, you can't. That's, that's not a decision with your free will. That's called being under duress. You're being coerced. It's like a jailhouse confession. Here, watch this clip. Common Pleas Court Richard Fry tells me he started using the COVID-19 vaccine as a term of probation in his courtroom last week, but 
not for everyone. He ordered it three times out of 20 different sentencing hearings. I did talk to one of those three offenders today, and he tells me he feels very strongly about this and feels that this order violates his civil rights. One week to the day. Uh, the case was about... Um a gun charge and some drugs. Franklin County criminal offender Sylvan Latham tells me he stood before common police court judge Richard Fry. I know Judge Fry's reputation. I know he's known for giving people max time, jail time, all that. I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to have five years probation. Latham thought his attorney struck a deal with prosecutors to three years probation. But during his sentencing hearing, was stressed out right then. I didn't know what to do. I was kind of, I was very put, very much so put on the spot. Latham said the judge told him he'd give him the five-year max unless he got a COVID-19 vaccine. With the shot, Latham said his probation would be cut down considerably to just one year. I'm shaking at this point, like I don't really like where this is going. In the moment, Latham agreed. Now his terms of probation state he must get the shot in the next 30 days and provide proof to the probation department. He has your future in his hands. Do you feel that's an overstep? I feel like it is an overstep, especially when he asked me, would I get it? And I said, I really don't want to get it. I spoke with Judge Fry by phone. He tells me of the three cases in which he ordered COVID-19 vaccinations, None of the offenders said they had a religious or medical objection. He said this is him doing his part to inch the community closer to herd immunity. He, he said something about a new Delta strain out attacking like black people, but I, I haven't had any symptoms. I told him I've been fine. Like I just went to the hospital for strep throat and they didn't try to give me the vaccine. So Latham tells why. me he's not trying to get out of punishment for his crimes, but also doesn't feel injections into his body should be part of the time. It's not, like, how do you, that's my health. I'm going to put you under five years probation or one year if you let me inject something into you. I'm not a doctor, but I see some on TV and I get to play God here. This is literally what they mean by cruel and unusual punishment. Um, I mean, it is a punishment, right? That's, that's what this is. It's a sentencing hearing, right? It's to punish a criminal. So the vaccine is a punishment. And the fact that you've got a rich white judge and a poor black defendant, don't think that's not relevant. You know, um, <clears throat> I live in Ontario, the most locked down jurisdiction in the world. There actually isn't even an exit plan for the lockdown. Other jurisdictions in Canada are partially locked down. Some, like Alberta, have no more restrictions. I'm not sure if there are any in BC still. Ontario doesn't even have an exit plan. The most that you're allowed to do is uh, sit on a patio, and I think you're allowed to have, what, four or five people or six people at a table? Like, there's, there's all these ridiculous, yeah, six people outside, but they're unscientific. Well, you saw that idiot John Tory wearing a mask outside. Um, but, you'll, but the servers still have to wear it. And you know what that is? If you didn't notice it, that's the servant class still has these rules on them. Is there any science that says the servant class, and I'm using that word on purpose, the downstairs, the help. The help has to wear a muzzle, but the fancy people don't. Really, that's an expansion of their whole rule that the NHL and professional athletes and Hollywood stars 
they get to do whatever. They have an exemption, but the little people don't have an exemption. Um, I saw a tweet. I won't try and find it. Someone went to um, Whole Foods in America. I don't know. There's so many people who tweeted it because there was something they saw. There's a sign about Whole Foods that there's staff who are vaxxed don't have to wear masks, but the staff who aren't vaxxed have to wear masks. And there's no signs here. So they go into the Whole Foods, and guess what? The black people, the black staff, are wearing masks, and the white staff aren't, because there's a racial divide in who wants the the jab. And I know condescending white liberals will say, um, people of color are marginalized and 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 we have to educate them on the vaccine and there's this disinformation. No, they just don't want you to inject them. Can you, can you call up Tuskegee, if I'm pronouncing that right? Um, experiment, T-U-S-K-E-G-E-E. I'm not sure if I'm Tuskegee, am I saying that right? We've heard of the Tuskegee Airmen. They were a black uh, group of pilots who fought uh, for the United States Air Force. But there was a Tuskegee experiment yeah, Wikipedia's fine. I'm not going to go deep here. I just want to show people what it is. The Tuskegee, I'm sorry if I'm saying that word wrong, study of untreated syphilis in the Negro male, informally referred to as the Tuskegee syphilis experiment, uh, was an ethically abusive study conducted between 1932 and 1972 by the United States Public Health Service and the Centers for Disease Control Prevention. The purpose of this study was to observe the natural history of untreated syphilis. Although the African-American men who participated in the study were told that they were receiving free health care from the federal government of the United States, they were not. The Public Health Service started the study in 1932 in collaboration with Tuskegee University, a historically black college in Alabama. Can you scroll down, please? In the study, investigators enrolled a total of 600 impoverished African-American sharecroppers from Macon County, Alabama. Of these men, 399 had latent syphilis with a control group of 201 men who were not infected. As an incentive for participation in the study, the men were promised free medical care but were deceived by the public health service who never informed subjects of their diagnosis and disguised placebos, ineffective methods, and diagnostic procedures as treatment. The men were initially told that the study was only going to last six months, but it was extended to 40 years. After funding for treatment was lost, the study was continued without informing the men that they would never be treated. None of the infected men were treated with penicillin, despite the fact that by 1947, the antibiotic was widely available and had become the standard treatment for syphilis. The study continued under numerous public health service supervisors until 1972, when a leak to the press resulted in its termination on November 16 of that year. By then, 28 patients had died directly from syphilis. 100 died from complications related to syphilis. 40 of the patients' wives were infected with syphilis, and 19 children were born with congenital syphilis. The 40-year Tuskegee study was a major violation of ethical standards and has been cited as arguably the most infamous biomedical research study in U.S. history. Its revelation led to the 1979 Belmont Report and to the establishment of the Office for Human Research Protection. Et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, gee whiz. 
Why wouldn't a black man in this want to be uh, injected by the government as part of a punishment? Gee, I wonder why. You know, uh, I think there's more common sense there. Speaking of which, I mean, that judge, I will inject you with a experimental med, and I say experimental med because as the Pfizer and all the other websites say, these drugs have not been approved yet by the FDA because they're still being tested. They're authorized for emergency use. That's not the same as being approved. Gee whiz, why do, um, why do some people, why are some people skeptical? I'm gonna play for you um, a fairly long excerpt. Yes, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll remedy that later. Um, oh, you mean the Neil, the Neil Oliver thing? Uh, I want to, uh, this is a video from Neil Oliver, who's a presenter on GB News in the UK. And he did a wonderful, wonderful commentary. Is there any way to do a split screen? Can you do that on the fly? Yeah, with me. This guy, sorry, I'm just talking to Justin our, uh, in the control room there. We want to make sure that we're compliant. Um, GB News. I think I told you about them the other day. Great new UK news channel. Free speech oriented, anti-woke, anti-cancel culture. In fact, they, they have regular programs to that effect. And this guy, I'd never heard of this guy before. His name is Neil Oliver. And um, he's Scottish. He's got an interesting look. I love that Scottish brogue. And he just started talking about vaccines. Can we put it up here with me on here as well? Now, Chris Whitty, the chief medical officer for England, That's has predicted older. that restrictions, including face masks, will be needed, he says, after the 19th of July. Numbers are getting bigger again more positive tests and the like. There's talk, serious talk, of vaccinating children against COVID-19. in Canada. People under the age of 18. The EU are certainly keen. 19th of July is the latest in a long line of dates dangled in front of us proles and called something like Freedom Day. As always, though, the large print giveth while the small print taketh away. Now, the subject of vaccinating children has already been addressed by others here on GB News, but I cannot let it lie without saying something too. Speaking for myself, from my heart, I say this is a fork in the road for our society. We will be judged, and we should be judged as human beings by what we do next. COVID-19 poses almost no threat at all to children. If they do catch it, the disease will manifest itself in almost every case in symptoms indistinguishable from those of the common cold. Never before in medical history has there been a proposal to vaccinate children against a disease that poses them no measurable harm. Added to this is the undeniable fact these vaccines for COVID are experimental in that no data is available concerning long-term effects. Hasn't been taken down from the we vaccinate website. children against child killers like measles. We vaccinate adolescents against the HPV virus that causes cervical cancer. We vaccinate children against flu, which kills young and old alike. 
In each case, the vaccines had been in development and rigorous testing for many years before any syringe ever got near any human flesh. We have no long-term data about the long-term effects of the vaccines. Of course we don't. We haven't had the virus long-term, far less the vaccines against it. An 80-year-old approaching the end of life and opting to take such a vaccine is one thing, since the perceived benefits in the short term might outweigh the risks over the long term. A 10-year-old at the start of life, a life in which decisions and actions taken in childhood might affect or compromise many decades of that life, is another thing entirely. That we are even contemplating giving these vaccines to our children at this time, this time when so much remains unknown, strikes me as nothing less than grotesque. The apparent justification is that children may spread the virus and that by vaccinating them such risk is curtailed, that risk being primarily towards adults. But what of the risk to the children in receipt of a vaccine, the long-term effects of which must remain unknown for years to come? Are the adults of this country truly supporting the notion of standing behind a wall of safety built of our children and infants? That, to me, is an inversion of nature and should be contrary to what it means to be a parent, an adult, with an eye to the future. From around the world, there are already reports of adults being offered free burgers and fries or lottery tickets or jobs or easier sentences for crimes in return for taking the vaccine. What sort of vaccines are these? What sort of disease is COVID-19 indeed if people must be bribed to take their medicine? Hmm. A few years ago, had we heard about a pharmaceutical company bribing people to take a brand new drug, I think I'm right in saying there would have been an outcry of note and legal actions aplenty. And so we are standing at a fork in the road. I say a society that contemplates putting children in the front line of protecting adults far less embarks upon such a strategy is not a society worth saving. If we don't put children, the young of the species, first, above all others, then frankly, what's the point in anything? These vaccines are a choice for adults. Take them or don't. That's the stuff of a private and personal choice in an erstwhile free society. But leave the children alone. Leave the children alone. That's Neil Oliver on GB News. That's the new UK All News Channel. I've watched that video five times now. And first of all, he's so eloquent. There's so many little f turns of the phrase there, the large print giveth, the small print taketh away. There's lots of lines in there like that. But it's his clarity of thought and his elegant expression. And he's right. Since when to, like the idea, you know, have you ever heard the saying, women and children first? The idea that a parent would protect the young, like it's, it's so natural, it's in our DNA, it's in nature. A mama bear defends the baby bears. Mama bear doesn't send the baby bears out to be cannon fodder. And he makes the point, imagine a society that would sacrifice the children for some fake protection of, of the elderly. You know, there, there have been some horrific cultures throughout the ages of child sacrifice, and we look at them as the most immoral and grotesque perversions of what it means to be human of all, in all history. I thought that was a very powerful video. 
And I tweeted it, actually, on the weekend. And my tweet was one of the most uh, viral things I've ever done, frankly. I think people really resonated. Uh, th that commentary by Neil Oliver really resonated. Anyways, I'm a super fan of his now. I only got to know him through GB News. Um, he's just such an interesting character. And one of my favorite things about the United Kingdom is they still allow interesting characters. They don't flatten them all. And uh, isn't he right? He said they're bribing people. They're giving people free food. It's true. Uh, and reduced sentences. Well, we just saw that. Um, I'm going to take some chats, and then I want to get to the UK's... Actually, just go quickly. Uh, Sajid Javid, again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. He's, he took over from Matt Hancock, the disgraced British health secretary, health minister, who was sacked for having an affair with a staffer he hired with taxpayers' dollars so he could have an affair at work. Basically, he was paying his mistress to work with him and videotape of them snogging, which is, I think, a British phrase. Anyhow, so Matt Hancock is gone, and Sajid Javid has taken over. What viz do we have with that? Let's just take a look at the Guardian article. Politics trumps COVID science <laughs> in Javid's push to live with the virus. <clears throat> yeah, that's the Guardian's point of view, um, uh, which is a far left nanny state. It's basically the newspaper of the Labor Party. Sajid Javid, who took over, yeah, thanks, we can take it out, um, who took over from Matt Hancock, he basically said, we're done. There's no more lockdowns. We're going to get out of this. And it was so clear that he was undoing the horrific legacy of Matt Hancock. So in a way, although I'm deeply sad that Matt Hancock and Gina Coladangelo, if I'm saying your name right, they're two homewreckers and they frankly deserve each other. Um, what a disgrace they were to themselves, their country and their families. But if that's what it took to dislodge Matt Hancock from the health minister over there and get Sajid Javid in charge, it, it's for the public good. Um, let's take some super chats, and then I'm going to get back to We've got a lot of things to cover. Um, <clears throat> Lynn D. On, on Odyssey. Like Chris Jericho would say, people wearing masks outside are just stupid idiot. Yeah. I mean, well, it's a flag for them, isn't it? It shows that they're better than you, even though it shows they're dumber than you. On Rumble, MVP 9337, this is clearly a violation of his rights. Not sure what that was in. Oh, yeah, the prisoner. Yeah, absolutely it is. Cruel and unusual punishment. Hyperchat, Rebecca Henderson, using any bribe, whether it's prison, lottery tickets, or ice cream for medical treatment is not ethical and doesn't allow for medical autonomy, informed consent, medical privacy. The incentive for any medical treatment should be the treatment itself, not anything else. It's forced experimentation. Exactly. That's why I wanted to show you the Tuskegee uh, syphilis experiment, just horrific. And by the way, uh, vaccines have not had a great history here in uh, Canada too. If you study about the smallpox vaccines in, in Montreal 140 years ago. Rocks for any look up BC ministerial order M275 BC emergency order has been canceled. No reopening phases, no vaccine rate quota. Um, I'll take your word for that. And you're right, uh, all these lockdowns were from emergency orders. I don't know if it's being canceled. Of course, they can invoke another emergency order. 
Celtic Mutt, that judge just sentenced that man to a possible death sentence. The judge is not a doctor, does not know if this man has a reason or not. Getting the vaccine should be removed from the bench for criminal misconduct. I wouldn't call it criminal misconduct, but it's certainly judicial misconduct. He's not an expert. He's not a doctor. He does not, I mean, and to say that that criminal consents, you're saying, hey, you got four more years uh, under probation or do this and you get it like that. That's not, that's not the law. That's outrageous. And I hope someone challenges that judge. Rebecca Henderson, again, it's racist too soon that only white people can decide what's offensive for black people and how they should live their life and who they should vote for. Yeah, but I, my point is the servant class, and I saw this in Toronto when I went sat on the patio on the weekend. Why is it okay to have the working class, which is often minorities, why is it okay to have the working class still with these stupid rules? That's not right. Does it make you feel better that your servants are wearing masks? History Club World, the entire past year reminds me of the Stanford prison experiment where Stanford University divided some students into prisoners and prison guards. The guards then using their power abused the prisoners. I've, I've seen something to that effect. Uh, Alex Jones talks about it. Um, okay, I think we caught up there. Let's get back to some of the other stuff we're, we're looking at here for you. I mentioned that Ontario has the worst lockdowns in the world. We still, not only are restaurants not open, most gyms are not open, uh, many stores are not open, mask, bio, mask rules are in place, but there's no plan to get out. Like, there's no timeline. There's no you know, next phase. There just isn't. Like, there's just no plan to get out. No matter what, like, there's just no plan to get out. Why? I don't know, because the entire establishment is fine with that. In fact, they're profiting off it. They love it. And people are passive, and they proved that. They proved how easily they'll give up their freedoms. Hey, just give me a Netflix show to watch and some, some takeout, and I'm good to go. To hell with the kids. That Neil Oliver was great. Um. I got some good news and some bad news from Alberta. The good news is that Grace Life Church in Parkland County, just outside Edmonton, the government of Alberta raided, expropriated, and desecrated, frankly, is now back in the hands of the church. Is there any sound here? I was there a few months ago before they were shut down 
when the pastor was in prison, but before they shut the place down. You know, I'm going to Edmonton this Saturday. Part of me thinks maybe I'll just stick around for an extra day just to go to the church again. In fact, I think I might do that as well. Um, if I'm if I'm all the way out there, just stay another day. I really love that church. Uh, I'm not even Christian myself, but the feeling of normalcy, like I went there in the middle of the lockdown and to be with normal people who weren't living a life of fear was cleansing and rejuvenating and resetting um, and an antidote to the psyop, the ubiquitous and so you've been surrounded by panic propaganda and to go to that place where they just didn't believe in the cult of anthony fauci and Teresa tam um, you didn't realize how bad it was until you got out of it and um, i loved it i was only there for an hour or two i think i might go back on sunday so that was so obviously they've scrubbed off the the boot stains from their church and scrubbed where the latrines were. You know what's so gross? That disgraceful politician, Tyler Shandro, the health minister there, he put the latrines, like the bathrooms, for the cops right at the entrance of the church, as close as possible to the church to desecrate it. That's how grotesque Tyler Shandro is. Um, really, really an awful man. I didn't know how bad. Um, so it's it's great to see that church open again. I'm gonna I'm gonna go there. Uh, I've just decided. And um, the church in Calgary that was whose pastor was arrested. There were two churches in Calgary. One was um, Pastor Tim Stevens. The other is Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky. They had a little backyard. They they moved outdoors for their services. And they're doing the services outdoors, which is pretty fun. And one of the pastors there said a nice word. Uh, about um, Rebel News. And, uh, our, and the Kean he's referring to here, we, we had a staffer named Kean Bextie, and he's independent now. And we have a new staffer in Calgary named Kean Simone. It's sort of funny, we call one K2 and, and K1 to keep the Keans. I had never met a Kean before in my life. And then we hired two in a row from Calgary. I, I just think that's sort of a funny coincidence. So here's K2, uh, as we call him at this church service uh, this weekend. A nice word for the rebel. Take a listen. Um, rebel News, the only guys out there really, I mean, there's a few other ones. I'm not going to say they're the only ones. But if we don't support Rebel News, then we're left with the CBC and the CTV and all that kind of stuff. Do you understand? It's just... Yeah. It's just like the political arena. That's serious. Okay? <laughs> if we don't support godly candidates, yeah. then we're left with, with hellish ones. Yeah. Okay? There's two real, it was a real twofold fight the yeah. last 16 months. Yeah. I mean, you can yeah. read more into it. It was the political and it was the media. Yeah. And they worked against every ounce of freedom that we had. Yes. Okay? Yeah. So I encourage you, if you're not a subscriber to Rebel Media, please become one. If you are able to be a supporter of Rebel Media, please be a supporter of Rebel Media. I think they got a couple different tiers. Uh, not to brag, I picked the top one, okay? Because when I got arrested, who was my support team? Rebel Media. When Art got arrested, and David got arrested, 
Who was the support team? Who was actually representing the true story as it was unfolding? It was Rebel Media. Okay? So if we don't support them, then guys like Kian don't have a job. And if they don't have a job, then they can't report the news. Right? Because everything in Canada costs money. Okay? So if you haven't subscribed to Rebel Media, please do. If you haven't supported at one of their levels, please consider it. I don't think it's all that expensive, and I think there's benefits to it. I, it's and we'll make you watch the whole thing. It almost sounds like an ad for Rebel News, but it's true. When people are arrested, I don't think I've ever been arrested in my life. I mean, I've, I was sort of grabbed by cops, and they pinched me. <laughs> I've pinched, but nothing, nothing grievous. Uh, I've never been arrested, although I, I, I came close once. Um, for journalism, by the way, if you're wondering for what. But it's bad enough to be arrested for journalism. That guy was arrested for preaching. That's terrible. That's like China stuff, uh, Iran stuff. And I, I don't know who that, I don't know much about that fella. But I'm guessing he's not a man of great wealth. I mean, if you're at a small church and you get arrested, all of a sudden you're thinking, oh my God, how am I going to pay my legal bill? How do I even find a good lawyer? Most people don't know how to get a, a lawyer. And they're scared. They're, I think people are often as scared of their own lawyer as they are of the bad thing coming at them because they think, okay, is this lawyer on my side? Is he going to take all my money? I don't understand the big words he's using. Like, it's, it's terrifying dealing with a lawyer for the first time in your life. Uh, I mean, for me, that was when I was a teenager. I was in fights as far back as that. But for normal people, it's terrifying. So um, to know that we were there, and he described it. He said in his hour of need. Uh, we, we didn't just fight the tickets for him. He said we were his support system. That's really nice to hear. And I want to let you know, I haven't done a count in a week or two, but last I checked, we had 1,834 people we were helping. 1,834. And we take 10, 15 new a day, so we're probably at around 2,000 by now. <clears throat> so Grace Life Church is back open. That church in Calgary is back open. He had a nice word to say. But for every church that's open, well, here's Adam Sos on... 10 or 11 churches in Calgary vandalized in one day. And take a look at that. So it's here for Rebel News, and I am outside of St. Mary's Cathedral here in Calgary, Alberta. This is just one of the at least 10 churches in Calgary that were targeted in a spree of vandalism. This combined with the arson of churches across this country, including churches on First Nations land, is a troubling trend. And what's possibly more troubling is the response on social media. People are calling for more churches to be burned. They're calling these hate crimes acts of justice. We understand that the response to the residential school is, is a challenging one. The process of reconciliation will be long and difficult, but it by no measure justifies vandalizing and attacking congregations, particularly when the arson is taking place at churches that First Nations Territories people paid for with their own money. This is unforgivable and this is categorical discrimination that does nothing to aid reconciliation.
one can certainly understand the tensions regarding... So that's Adam Sos in Calgary. Now, those churches were simply vandalized. I use the word simply to distinguish them from churches that have been torched, burnt to the ground. Our own Drea Humphrey and Matt Brevner went to the BC interior to two, two churches that were burnt. There's been a spate of these burnings. Um, now, I want to show you one more vandalism. This is in Vancouver. The vandals clearly, well, you never know. They're Aboriginal people who have blonde hair and whatnot. So you can't tell, but these don't look like Indigenous people to me. They look like urban, woke liberals who just are using the excuse to deface a church. They've always hated the church. They're left-wing, woke, Antifa types. Maybe they were raised Catholic and they're, you know, getting rid of some daddy issues by violating the church. Take a look at this. They filmed themselves vandalizing a church. You know, frankly, it's pretty lame. Um, they were filming themselves. Those folks uh, have never held tools or paint before in their life. They, they, uh, they're really pitiful. But um, splash. I'm going to splash it. I'm going to splash it. Now, that's a crime. And I put it to you this way. If that were a mosque, if that were a mosque or a Jewish synagogue, what would your reaction be? What would Justin Trudeau's reaction be? I think these people need to be charged, prosecuted with vandalism, but it is also hate-motivated. And um, listen, the liberals and the left are the ones bringing in all these hate crime bills. They say the enemy is white, male, whatever. Okay, well, you got yourself uh, some white folks there. Charge them. No, they don't give a damn. Um, <clears throat> we got some more chats to see if we can jam them in. Oh, let me catch up here. Holy moly. Rumble, share 21. Love this guy speaking. You're talking about Neil Oliver. Oh, I, I just can't get enough of that. Scottish Brug. It's just, uh, you know what? I'm a sucker for it. I've never been to Scotland. I've been very briefly to Ireland. I've been to England a fair bit. I, I want to go to Scotland. I want to go on a hiking tour of Scottish castles and ruins. I mean, maybe that sounds really weird. It's just something I want to do. Um, I will not eat haggis. Hyperchat History Club World. I watched a video from a former Vox journalist about the lab leak theory. And the evidence for lab leaking COVID seems pretty solid. I was wondering if Rebel has learned anything more about the Winnipeg lab connection to the Wuhan lab. Uh, follow History Club on Instagram. No, I have not learned anything, but we don't have any secret sources about this stuff. But we've been talking about that lab leak since even before COVID. The, the Winnipeg lab, that is. Agatha, we, Agatha we, we know the percentages of adverse effects and death from the vaccine. There are lots of politicians, so why are no politicians getting sick or die? I don't know. And maybe they haven't just haven't said so. I don't know. Maybe they haven't. Hyperchat from Roasty, end the divide. We need We Are Canadian shirts. That's a good idea. Like, I think Rebel can own, own the patriotism thing, especially since the left is throwing it away. 
Bingo, put them inside fedora on the Rebel shop. I'd buy one. That's a good point. Not a lot of guys wear fedora. I saw Mocha wearing a hat the other day. And, um, you know, Mocha used to have really big hair. He could have had a hat. He looked like Slash from Guns N' Roses. That little hat and the big hair. I think that's sort of a juxtaposition. Almost like the Abraham Lincoln hat, like the stovepipe hat. Um, Rumble, Willow Rivers. I love hearing the church singing, but the next crackdown will be far worse. I love that pastor in his church. They love the Lord. Well, that's the thing. Will they have another lockdown in Alberta? I'm not sure if they will, because it was so brutally bruising for Jason Kenney that I don't know if he will do it. I don't know if his backbench MLAs will do it. He already has a schism in his party. He's already underwater in the polls. I don't know if he will allow that to happen again. Because um, I think he fared the worst of any premier in the country, and rightfully so. No one else jailed pastors. Uh, I think that's why Ontario refuses to have a path out. They never want it to end. And they know if they end it, they'll have a tough time getting back in it. Um, Ryan Rossi, how are these people still alive after disobeying the lockdown measure during a deadly pandemic? Yeah. I don't think there was ever a single case at that church, let alone an outbreak. Daughter of Narcissus, Tyler Shandro Stampede Breakfast, July 10th at Trico Center. Yeah, you know, I, we talked about this at some length last week. I don't believe in targeting a politician's family unless that family is explicitly political and they're adults. So I would never say target a, a kid, and I would, I would never say go after a spouse unless that spouse is really putting themselves out there politically. As I said the other day, for example, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau is, is separated from Justin Trudeau. She doesn't participate in public events. She didn't even go with him to the G7, which is rare because she loves to travel, but she wouldn't even do that. So I would say Sophie Trudeau is no longer a political figure. She's Trudeau's ex-wife. They're still married legally, for all I know. But um, yeah, so she's off limits. Whereas, like, say, Jill Biden, Jill Biden, uh, first lady, is very political. But don't talk to the kids. Don't leave the kids out of it. Like minor children. Hunter Biden's obviously fair game. But Tyler Shandro should expect that for the rest of time, people whose lives he ruined or destroyed or hurt will have something to say to him. And that is absolutely just. Even if they're rough in their words. Why is there a rule that politicians can't be insulted? Even meanly and unfairly. I don't recommend it. But as long as you're not threatening violence and as long as you're not scaring the kids, as long as you're not going to their home, if you're in a public place at a public event and some public politician is there glad-handing, why can't you heckle them? Why can't you even insult them? I'm not saying it's the most polite thing to do, and I'm not saying I myself would do it. But if there's someone who has been so deeply harmed by Tyler Shandro that he has a great grievance, one of the wonderful things about our system is we have the right to be offended. We have the right to speak out. And Tyler Shandro does not have some special immunity. If he wants that immunity, he can hang out at the Sky Palace where only uh, posh toffs get to go drink $50 liquor. Uh, 10 stories up from the, the little ants down below. I'm not sympathetic to Tyler or Chandra at all. I have some sympathy for his children, but he should not take them to public events anymore because he's hated. Hey, 
History Club World Ezra, you should try to visit Medicine Hat someday. We have lots of rebels here. And we have basically a duopoly in our media, so I guess you should create Rebel News local unit like CBC Calgary. We do have a Rebel News local, local unit. It's Adam Sos and Kian Simone. Sister 2, I think we can thank Justin Trudeau for the intensity of the hate against churches. This is insanity. Oh, exactly right. He's whipped it up and he said 16 seconds saying, hey guys, come on, man. Don't, don't burn those churches. MVP 9337, decades of dumping on Christians have created this environment. You're exactly right. History Club World, again, it's disgusting to see what people have done in the Catholic churches. Yeah. No hay band. Uh, Ezra, your thoughts on Bill C-10 dying in the Senate? I was worried that it wouldn't. C-10 is one of the censorship bills. Because, boy, they sure put a lot of political capital in getting past that passed. But in the end, it just didn't get out of the Senate. I was sort of surprised. Um, we're keeping a key eye on that because, obviously, censoring the Internet is code for censoring rebel news. So we're keeping an eye on that. We're almost out of time, but I want to show you a tweet from someone named Harsha Walia. Now, she's made her Twitter account private. So I'm guessing you, you're not a follower of hers already. But, but I myself uh, took a screenshot of her tweet before she made her site locked down in private. And she was reacting to a story in Vice News, which is a left-wing clickbait site, um, reporting on churches being burned down. So the story was about arson. The story was about fire. It wasn't about vandalism. It wasn't about political expression. It was about a serious crime, lighting things on fire and burning them down. That's, that's a very serious crime. So you can see Vice World News. Two more Catholic churches have been torched in Canada amid ongoing reports. And she writes, burn it all down. Two more Catholic churches have been torched. And she says, burn it all down. Burn, torched, arson. Not a lot of wiggle room there, what she meant. She, who is Harsha Walia? That's like, there's a lot of crazy people on Twitter. There's a lot of disgraceful people on Twitter. Go to the bccla.org. She is the executive director of the British Columbia Civil Liberties Association. Her job, her well-paid job, is to defend people, including their freedom, their right to be free from violence and to stand up for their religious freedom. And she is cheering on arsonists, not just any arsonist, like not just someone lighting fires, not just some, what's that called, a pyromaniac. I don't think she's in favor of pyromania burning for its own sake. In fact, she's very climate focused. Harsha Walia is a longtime advocate for migrant justice, indigenous rights, equality rights, and economic justice. Unless you're a Catholic, in which case she wants to burn you down. Oh, look at that last line. She's a graduate and remains committed to 
be in service to those most impacted by state regulation and violence. But she just said, burn it all down. That's violence. How can she remain? Can you go to the BCCLA's Twitter feed? I checked last night, but I haven't checked this morning. She made that tweet six days ago now. Last I checked last night, there was no correction, no retraction, no notice that they fired her. You scroll down a bit. Yeah, nothing since July 1st. So she's the Civil Liberties Association boss calling for the burning of churches. There's no other way to read that. And she's still the boss there. Burn it all down. I'm going to do my whole show on this tonight, or at least my monologue. That's how far the civil liberties people on the left have fallen. I just told you that we have 1,834 civil liberties cases that we're taking. And it's probably higher than that. It's probably close to 2,000. I actually think we're Canada's largest civil liberties law firm. But the BCCLA claims that they are. Now, I, I know they're not. But they're actually not doing a damn thing for civil liberties, are they? They're calling for arson and violence against a particular religious group. By the way, those churches are often on Indian reserves and they serve Aboriginal people. So she's particularly attacking people of color, First Nations, whatever phrase you want to use. She's not saying burn down the big white churches in the suburbs. She's saying burn down those aboriginal churches on reserve. What a wicked woman. I'll have more tonight. I hope you tune in. That's 8 p.m. Eastern time. There's a lot going on. We've got a busy week. We've got reporters everywhere. I'm going to sign off now. Do we have a dog video? We do. Let me say goodbye to you now. Justin, thanks for working the systems. We had a couple of hiccups, but nothing we couldn't get through. And uh, I'll leave you with a dog video curated by Justin. I'll, I'll say goodbye now, everybody. See you later.